Welcome to this week's Devon The Detail podcast. I'm Rob Paxson and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Join the show this week, as ever, we have Paul Whiteside. Right, Paul, how's your week been, mate? Busy? Yeah, I've been all right. Yeah, pretty pretty busy, mate. I was busy last night when you fought me yeah. and tortured it outside at the van. Um, yeah, busy busy week, mate. We've got a, a, a dog at the weekend as well. Oh. So, um, was it this? Yeah, week, yeah, Saturday, Saturday, so it's all blended into one this week but yeah busy with, with him keeping him quiet and getting him trained and what have you but he's doing alright he's not too bad he's behaving himself going outside for his wheeze and what have you so uh, yeah, he's a bit boisterous but he's uh, he's doing okay tell our listeners what your dog's called and describe it to us he's a black Labrador and he's um, eight weeks old he's only little and he's mm. called Dixon Ah, Dixon yeah he's a uh, Named after Colin Dixon, the not former Dixon, Salford. Not Dixon, Green, no. No, no. Colin Dixon, <laughs> former Salford. Great, great player. My dad's favourite all-time rugby league player. So, uh, yeah. I, he always said to me, my dad, he said, have I ever got a black Labrador? I'd call it Dixon. So I thought, well, we'll, we'll get, when we get one, I'll call it Dixon. So, uh, so we have done. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, he's a good lad. He's a good lad. He's getting a red collar soon as well. So he'll be a, he'll be a Salford oh, supporter. Be getting a red, like a neckerchief, maybe something like that from yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, we'll get him inside. We've been playing a bit of rugby with him tonight, diving about and tackling him on the on the carpet and what have you. So uh, yeah, he's he's good, he's good. We can't go out yet though. He's got to have um, he's got to have his jab next to his oh, yeah. second jab, not his COVID jab, like a dog jab. <laughs> and um, then he can go out. Then he can go out for walks and things like that. So, uh, so yeah, he's looking forward to it because he's he's a bit caged in at the moment. He just likes running around the house, but. You can tell he wants to go out, you know, go outside and yeah. uh, be worn out and that. So yeah, we're looking forward to that. So it should be should be good in the next few weeks when we can start going out. Yeah, Park is not with us. He's in. He's on vacation, uh, enjoying well, the economy that you're building. Nice. Working yeah. all this time. Yeah, it looked nice where he was going, didn't it? By the, it's, you see his pictures where yeah. he, he camped up by like a lake there or something. It it's like Bear Grylls. Yeah, it looked, it looked nice. Well, I'd love to do something. I've never been camping. Before. Have you not? I'd love to do something. Like, no, no. No, it just looked really nice, really chilled out. But uh, I don't know whether Ellen, she always thinks it's a bit bit too much palaver taking all that stuff in, in your car and that. There's a lot of gear to take, but I've always mm. fancied it. I went um, I went camping uh, when we played the Celtic Crusaders in Bridgend. Mm. I've Me, heard this story before. Banners Mike, Fungus and uh, John All. Great, great weekend. Magic it was. Big, like a big tent. Um fungus he was in the army before and he had like a, I thought he was a cook but he might not have been you know when we were putting the tent up turning to like a sergeant major type shout, shouting out do this do that do this so I was like proper fell off my head fell off for a bit but we had a good we had a good afternoon we had beers and that and uh, yeah fantastic really good really good afternoon really good away day one as well which which was great had a day had a drink round bridge end after which was fantastic and then staggered back to the, uh, the tent and it was like a in a you know a, ca- a camp, and they were all like tents around this like the field in a circle. And uh, we got in, and I said we had like a few beers inside. I said, right, we'll race you to the race you to the uh, the tent. So we were set off, go, and we all like well, some a couple went left, one went right, and I went through the middle, tripped over one of the one of the guide guide ropes of his tent, legged it to our tent. Oh man, laughed so much it was unreal. Proper, I don't know why it was funny, not funny now, but at the time I laughed for like 15 minutes straight. Fantastic, yeah, really quite days, enjoyed it. Uh, to make one of my, one of my best days. away days, that one. When would that have been about 2008? Yeah, like when we all when we invade the pitch, 
Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, I remember going. We played them away a couple of times, didn't we, in that Rail Cup, didn't we, in the league game as well. Yeah, I remember going down there. There was one, I think one time we went and we chucked it down. Yeah. And there was one time when it was decent weather, wasn't it? And it yeah. was quite a, quite a sunny day. It was a Saturday, decent weather one because Fungus had like a big, put about a barbecue and we had like beers in the afternoon talking. Really, it was, it was quite good really because we talked about other things apart from rugby. It's the kind of thing you don't really do. I find at the rugby when you don't really all you do is talk about rugby all the time. You don't really talk about anything else, so it was good yeah. to have sort of an afternoon chatting about sort of the world rather than just uh, what's going on on the field. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Them are the days, mate. Them glory days, glory days. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Always makes me chuckle that one. Uh, so we got loads to go at. Uh, we're going to look back at the Huddersfield uh, win uh, last week. Got all the big news coming out of the club, and uh, then. We've got your Amit report, and then we're going to preview the game um, this week against Lee. So what we'll do is start off with a victory against Huddersfield. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your Big Match Review. So, Solver Devils were victorious at home to Huddersfield Giants. They won 18 points to 12, Paul. Good result for Richard Marshall's men uh, and a, a bad return for Ian Watson. Yeah, it seems a while ago now, don't we, recording this, what, Thursday Thursday night, so it's almost the week ago, so I'm racking my brains, but I can, I can remember it quite well. Yeah, it was a good game. Um, I thought the first half, Huddersfield were on top, really, weren't they, and, and sort of had us at arm's length for, for long periods of the game. And I think, for me, the changing point, I mean, the obvious one, really, was the interception, but they were attacking there, Huddersfield, weren't they, and they were... They should have scored. I thought they had the they had the numbers. I think it was senior who was attacking. If he'd have offloaded there, they'd have been in. Did they kick the goal? That could have been fourteen nil. But we don't. We swoop on it. We get the interception and, and uh, uh, Reese Williams goes the, the length there, doesn't he? And scores that try, and it gets us right back into the game. Then eight six at half time, and even then though we were still behind, and it was going to be a, a tough second half against a decent Huddersfield side. But I thought we came out in that second half and a bit of adversity. You know, give away some penalties and. Huddersfield got in front, they got level, got in front, and then we bounced back with some good tries. Didn't we? I think Tui Lolla here was an excellent try, wasn't it? And then uh, the Jack Orman one from the kick through from Ackers, and you get the the south stand there, the the scenes in the south stand, the the, the noise, and I mean some of the photographs that Steve McCormick took, absolute magic work. That one of um, Sam Luckley and Jack Orman, right? I mean. I think the club said a picture paints a thousand words, and it certainly did. And no, it was a great win. I thought it was a real gritty performance. You know, what is well, they know Wugs, however, they've won three games on the spin. And um, and it was great to get over the line at the end. I was sat with you, wasn't in the in the on that, that press bit there, and I, I couldn't sit still. Me, I was yeah. I was on pins, I was walking around, I just wanted the whistle to go. I've not been that tense at a game. And I think it was because because of the, I think the Ian Watson thing, return and Luke Yates and, and things like that, and that sort of um, the extra spice added to it. You really wanted Salford to win, didn't you? And um, and I'm so glad they did. It was uh, it was an excellent performance. Very very pleased with Richard Marshall and the boys. Yeah, eight nil down though. Didn't start well. Bit disjointed. He kept spilling the ball. Was a frustration. I thought, um, obviously, until the interception try uh, from Williams, lovely sort of read by Inu, and obviously Inu not having the uh, the legs of of, of old. Uh, good play by him, obviously waiting for Williams to catch up, and then Williams got the ball, and he was there was no stopping the the, the winger then, and um, to try just for after and, and just after is is an important thing I think in rugby league. You know, if you can get that momentum 
um, over that period. It's a big, it's a big thing. And then when Tuil Ollie scored to make it sort of twelve eight, um, we had the wind in our sails there. Yet yeah, they came back, and uh, that try by Jack Arm and Ryder. I think as well, Paul, that the defence as well. I think there were certain points in that in that game where. You know, Uddersfield were knocking on our door, and we and we kind of stood up to that sort of uh, barrage of, of of attacks really, really well. And and the boys well were well deserving of the of the victory. Ian. There was, yeah, I thought the defence was was great. I mean, we only conceded one try in the game, mm. and that try was uh, was Matty English going over Huddersfield. It was a sort of a forward run, powering over the line. So we weren't really weren't really picked off by Huddersfield. They didn't really sort of create anything. They didn't cut us to pieces. They didn't burst through us. So I think the defence, the resilience of the defence was excellent. And to score three tries to one, I think, is, is clinical for me. I know Ian Watson said that, what was his his quote? Was they, we didn't win it, they they lost it, was it? Uh, something we lost it. Along. No, um, it was something like that. He wasn't very happy anyway. They didn't They didn't win that, we lost it. Yeah, I think that was it. Was, wasn't it? And um, I don't know where he's coming from there because... He only scored one try, and and never really looked like scoring. So I think really there for me, I'd be saying if I'd have been interviewing Ian Watson, I would have said to him, "Well, how come your side only scored one try? How come you couldn't break them down?" So it was it was one of those. It's I understand his frustration. I really do understand him. What he's under a lot of pressure, Watson, and you know he's going to defend his club because rightly so. He works for Huddersfield now, so I, I get that. I totally get that. And no, it wasn't about that. It was about Salford that win, and it was a good win for us and a, and a very gritty one as well. I think we've we've done that twice against Huddersfield. It'd been tough games, it'd been tough forward battles, and we've come out on top there twice. And I think that that shows going forward now what we need to do now is go to Lee on Sunday and win because mm. if we go there and get beat. Because a banana skin that game, we all know that. If we go there and get beat, then that good work you've done against Huddersfield gets eroded away. So it's vitally important we kick on from that now. But I was delighted. It was it was good and it was great. I think that the, the supporters were back there. What a difference it made with the crowd there. It was an excellent atmosphere. It was absolutely buzzing on, on, on Friday night. It was like the, the good times back again. And I mean, I know there wasn't thousands and thousands of people there, but the atmosphere was good. And it was, it was good to get that result. Yeah, I think the frustration for Ian Watson was the fact that he was eight nil, eight nil up, and we mm-hmm. found our way back in. And yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's testimony to the players and Richard Marshall to, you know, to get back from eight nil up to get in front as well. And yeah, I, I think you know the proud that we've got to be proud of the performance. And it's a kind of game that you think to yourself, yeah, you know, it's a tough contest. Do we normally come out into, on top in them in them kind of games historically? Not really. So, is it no. for me? It's kind of one a one a plus one for me. Really, um, and something to build on uh, for this weekend. So, but like, like Huddersfield, like uh, Lee this week, like you said, you know, we we Lee are bottom of the league, but our record at Lee isn't the greatest. So, a sign, a good sign would be go to Lee, get a, do a professional performance, and get a good win, and then we're and then we're on the on the on the roll, then, aren't we? And who knows where where we where we can go from there? That's right. Yeah, just going back to the Huddersfield game, it was it was good to get that result because I think. Well, I'm not saying it's against the odds, but I think a lot of people expected Huddersfield to win that game, didn't they? Mm. They've expected them to do better this season. They're on paper, they've got a better side than they've spent a bit more money than what we've spent. And I think it, sometimes it was the, the most pleasing for me when I came away on Friday night is I thought we we have that in us sometimes that that sort of desire, you know, to get the result. I mean, if you go back to last season, Jackson Easton came back with his new side in Wigan and we turned them over. So, mm. you know. We might be a small club sometimes, but we seem to be able to, to punch above our weight and come up with these results every now and again. And it's it's great when we do. So, uh, so yeah, nothing 
gets what on really. I know there's a lot of stuff goes on on Twitter and things like that, but it's rugby league. That's that's what makes the sport. I think we talked about that last week, didn't we? It's great when people come back and there's a bit of spice on things, and you know I'm sure he'll turn things round at Huddersfield. But it's great for Richard Marshall that he's doing well at Salford and. You know, things are starting to come into place now. You know, the signings for next season are looking really good. I and mean, we'll talk about bits and bobs in the news shortly, won't we? But there does seem like to be quite a bit of positivity around the club at the moment, which is which is good to see. I mean, like you say, all oh, that could get eroded away if we go and get beat at Lee on Sunday. But uh, but no, I was very pleased with, with the match on, on Friday night. And I, I enjoyed the night, enjoyed the atmosphere and uh, the tension as well. I mean, it's a lot to take at times, but no, it was it was a really enjoyable night. Yeah, the Joel Burgess try saving tackle at the at the end yeah. as well was which was magnificent. Kind of reminded me of the Niall effort, Niall Evel's effort uh, in our grand final year where he kind of sized him up and, and dumped him yeah. in touch. And that and that we've all, I've said that he's a is a Rolls Royce winger, not just going forward but defensively as well. It's that was world class. That let's not let's not beat about the bush and, and the moments like that. That's that what makes uh, makes the world go round and that's what makes us win. Yeah, well, he's a class player, uh, Joe Burgess. I know when we signed him from Wigan, um, I was surprised that, that Wigan were going to let let Joe go because he's still only a, a relatively young man. Is he twenty five, twenty six? Mm. So he's got he's at the peak of his, his career really now. And when he was playing for Wigan a couple of years ago, he was a real hot prospect, wasn't he? Probably one of the best wingers in the league up there with, with Tommy Makinson at St. Helens. So great signing for us to get. I think if we can keep him fit. And, um, and in the side, I think he could he could be pushing for international honours again. There's not many top class wingers about who can finish like he can and who can defend like he can. So uh, we can keep him in the side. We've got a bit of a conundrum, haven't we? Because you've got Reese Williams there, who's, who's played really well. Mm. You've got Ken Seal to come back in as well. Where does Ken fit in there? So it's a nice headache for Richard Marshall to have, isn't it? I suppose a selection headache uh, of the weekend. Dan Sargent as well. You've got him in the side there, and if he can, can partner up with Joe Burgess, we've got a bit of. Um, a bit of grunt there in the centre, haven't we? A bit of aggression and, and, and some, some experienced players as well. You know, Joe Burge played in grand finals, cup finals, played in Australia, so he's an experienced and, and quality operator. Yeah, uh, Greg Burke, Sim Bind as well, uh, towards the end, coming together with, uh, I think it was Leroy Kudjo, I think off the top of my head. Um, not sure what it was for. I think it was a crucial moment, you see, because if we'd got the penalty there, we kick the goal, we win the game, but because they got the penalty, it was all uh, answer the pump then. Yeah, um how long was left then? There wasn't very long. About a minute and forty. What's the point in simming someone with a minute and forty to go? It, I'm pretty sure the referee could have just said to him, Bob, just calm down. There's a lot on the game. There's a lot of tension there. It, it does seem like there's I don't know, we speak about this every week, don't we, about the sim binnings and that. Do the referees have to be a bit more lenient? I mean, I saw something the other day, it's the rivals round this week, isn't it, with, uh, with Super League, and we're going to play in St. Helens, and they were showing footage of, uh, I think it was a 2004 game, between Wigan and Saints, when Andy Farrell and Paul Schoolfoff yeah. were going hammer and tonguing each other, and there's a massive punch-up, and, and God knows what. I mean, if that game was played today, you'd probably be looking at 12 red cards, because... They just seem to send it. So I think sometimes you do, as a referee, surely you have to take into account that it's not um, tiddlywinks, as I say. It's, it's a very, very physical contact sport. So there's going to be stuff said. There's going to be you know challenges. There's going to be headshots. There's going to, things like that are going to happen. It's the nature of the sport. So obviously referees are getting something from somewhere where they've got to follow the rule they've got to do as they're told haven't they so they can't sort of make the rules up as they go along but perhaps somebody needs to say somewhere let's just be a bit more sensible especially when there's only 10 seconds or so to go or mm. whatever left in the game just just perhaps just give them a bit of stern talking to 
yeah, thing is, there is just lots of lots of push and shove, isn't it? Really, there's no one ever windmilling. You know what I mean? It's just a lot of shove, lot of lot of people get dragged around, a lot of people shout at each other, a bit of pushing, and then the, and the referee kind of gets teams apart and then decide who to give the penalty to. So it's not exactly you no know, World War Three, no. is it? You know what I mean? Like no. you see when you watch these YouTube clips of like in the seventies where the eighties where they just keep fighting until one person falls over. It's a different a different kettle of fish now. No one got red carded then. No, madness. But I think. I think what's clever as well is, you know, as the as the clock ticked down, about 20 seconds to go, don't know who it was, Salford player kind of held on and it was it was a kind of like, they had to reset the, restart the set, but that extra sort of three, four seconds that he held him down, eat the time up. And Richard Marshall talks about the smarts a lot, doesn't he? And mm-hmm. I was thinking, that's when he, I've, watched it, I've watched it back since and I just thought to myself, that's clever, that. Yeah, of course it is. They're the sort of things that win your games, aren't they? And, you know, clever players will, will do things. You look at Jacko when, when Jackson Ace was at Salford, the little things he brought to, to the game, the game management, as, as our friend Sai used to say. <laughs> and uh, that, that's that's what it's all about, though, Rob. That's how you win games. Every decent side has got those sort of players in the team, haven't they? Whether it's your, your general in the middle of the park who slows things down, kicks for a touch, that smart kicking game or holding down in the tackle. You know, coaches will say, well, oh, they was holding down. Every team does it. Every team holds down. They get taught to do it, don't they? That's what they do in training. They'll practice it. It's just about getting away with it. There's no team in the country that doesn't hold down. They all hold down, but you've just got to do it for the right amount of time so you get away with it. You know, you've got to lie offside. Every team will lie offside because that's what you've got to do. You've got to do anything you can to gain an advantage against your opposition that's going to get you the result. So so that's what it is. It's, it's smart. I mean, you can call it what you want, can't you? Call it spotting, they used to call it, didn't they, when teams were lying offside. Game smarts, game management, call it what you want. You'll do anything to get that result, won't you? You will, you will, Paul. And I thought it was just very clever. Can't think who it was now, but I just thought to myself, yeah, that's one of the game, that, when you look back. And also a fantastic way for us to say goodbye to our uh, sort of ex-skipper now, Lee Mossop, who's, who's retired uh, due to injury. Fantastic for him to bring the game ball out at the beginning and both sides to, to clap him on. Uh, what a serve it has been, it was a great way to see him off. Yeah, it was a nice moment that yeah I've seen again Steve McCormick took some fantastic pictures. I've seen some of those on uh, on, on Facebook and what have you. So some great um, stuff there, and it was it was nice. It was an emotional moment that you know Lee Moss has been a been a good leader for Solver. We spoke about him last week, didn't we? All the good work he's done, and as well as the good work and the good performances, the pain barrier that he's been through because he's been through a lot of pain while he's been at Solver. He's had he's been out with injuries, hasn't he? And battled along, and, and probably as I said before, played. When he shouldn't have played, you know, players do that sometimes, don't they? Play through that pain by having an injection in the shoulder. Malcolm Hawke used to do it all the time for Solford. Lee Mossop said that sort of mould isn't it? They'll run through a brick wall for you and play. So, uh, no testament to him. I think he got a, a real sort of hero send off against uh, against Huddersfield. I just hope he stays in the sport. I know he's going to stay around the squad for this season, but you know, a guy of his knowledge and his passion and his expertise and He's experienced in the game, you know. He's played in Australia as well, and, and and played at the top level over here. Surely, the transition into coaching would be an ideal thing for Lee Mossop. So I I hope he he sort of looks into that. You know, he'll know what he wants to do with the rest of his career and the rest of his working life. But uh, but yeah, I hope he stays involved with the sport. Yeah, I spoke to Richard Marshall after the game, and this is what we had to say. <laughs> Coach's corner. All right, Rick, it's Rob. Hey, Rob. Congratulations on a good win tonight. Must be proud of your boys' efforts. 
yeah, that's a good word. Proud, I am proud. I'm proud of the club, our skipper, um, the, the 17 who went out on the field today and played so valiantly. I thought it was a great effort, a really, a really good team effort. Um, bit scrappy in parts, uh, field position we didn't we didn't own or earn the right to play in the right area of the, of the field, but we just kept turning up defensively and, and, and that goes a long way with me as, as head coach. I thought it was great and yeah, I am a proud coach tonight. Yeah, first half was a bit scratchy, you kept sort of dropping the ball but completely. It must have been frustrating for you. Yeah, yes it is and, 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 and it could have cost us, it could have. It didn't tonight, but yeah, we've got to be better. We've got to be better with the ball. We've still, we've still got some improvement. I thought, you know, we took uh, two. We took his try really well. We, we opened him up well, and we were on when Christian made that break. And, and even towards the end in that second half, we managed to shut the game down. Um, very similar to, to how we played them last time. Um, yeah, but discipline again. I think we lost the penalty count by three or four penalties. So that again, that's. But it, 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 it did matter. But in, in the game, in the context of the game, our defence was was on fire. Yeah, crucial moment just before half time and just after half time. The two tries swung the momentum your way. Yeah, it's, it's, it's you know the, the momentum is important within games. The players spoke about that, trying to generate some rook speed and some momentum. Huddersfield did a really good job in limiting our field position. They managed to, to 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 bend us back on play one and play two, something that obviously they they, they looked at in the week. We've got some really good outside backs, and and they managed to handle us for periods. But I thought we we came over the other side. Yeah, as you say, a couple of important scores, and then and, and then just a, a doggy defensive display for the last twenty minutes, really. Yeah, and that Joel Burgess try saver at the end. What a moment that was. Yeah, outstanding, uh, outstanding. Uh, what a, what a player he is. Um, did a real good job. That goes a long way for me. The the efforts that you do off the ball for your teammates, uh, and I know Lee Mossop's uh, name would have been ringing in his ears when he when it when he when he managed to shut down that play. Any injuries from tonight? Uh, I've not had a chance to speak to Rob, our physio, quite yet. Um, I think we got a couple of head knocks, didn't we? Um, James Greenwood and Chris Atkin got stitched up at half time. Um, I'm sure they'll be fine. They both passed. Um, yeah, no, no one came off with an injury t- t- tonight, which fingers crossed we're okay tomorrow. Yeah, Lee next week. Yeah, big game. Uh, big game. Yeah, we've got, we've got, yeah, we've got some momentum leading into that game. Um, really pleased. I'm not going to think about Lee. I'm just going to enjoy the performance this week. We've got a bit of a longer turnaround, which is excellent. Um, yeah, we can. We'll probably have a few players back from isolation as well. So I think we'll be picking from decent a decent amount of players, which will be great for us. We'll have a good week this week. Cheers, Rick. Good luck. So that was Richard Marshall talking himself after the game, Paul, and he said he was proud of the club and the players uh, and the performance they put on. Yeah, spot on. So was I. So was I. I think I think proud of the club and and the name Salford. I think is, is a big thing. And the supporters as well. I think the supporters were excellent on on, on Friday night. They, they never stopped singing. Got behind the side, and you know it was a great atmosphere. It really was, and and I think we've we've generated that over over the last few seasons. Really, at the AJ Bell Stadium, we've we've made that stadium ours. I mean. I say that and we might not be there much longer, but we've made that stadium ours, haven't we? And, and you know, Friday night under the lights there, I think it's pretty special there now. It's a good atmosphere. And uh, that was when that, that south stand, the energy sometimes from that, 
the, the players must be able to feed off that. I mean, when we was playing last season in, in front of um, empty stadiums, it must be difficult for players, but I think that really lifted them. I think that in the second half, they was playing towards that south stand, weren't they? And um, I think the, the players... You know, really rise to the occasion there. The, you know, some some young players in that team. You know, that's a Sam Lucky who's playing, who's not dead experienced at Super League level, and I thought he stepped up and, and was really good. You know, he got the the lone lads as well from uh, Robson and um, and Dan Norman from St Helens as well. I thought I thought were excellent. I mean, you know, they they've not played with Salford a lot, but they they run the blood to water in that game. There it was really really good for us. Yeah, the crowd can carry a team, can it? Like a team can carry a crowd yeah. at time and. Yeah. and- both need each other at certain points, and I thought, like you said, the atmosphere was was fantastic on uh, on Friday against Huddersfield, and hopefully more more to come. Obviously, yeah. you know, for this season, and obviously we'll have to see what happens in the future. But you know, we we can't fault soft fans; are fantastic, aren't they? All man away, they make outrageous amounts of noises uh, for the size of of crowd we got. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, the the crowd at Wigan was tremendous the week before. I mean. We took a, a really good following there, I think, to Wigan. I don't know how many was there, but they, they, they always get behind them. I think it, I've said it to loads of people. I mean, we've had this debate time and time again about our home attendances and things. I think percentage-wise, our away support is probably the best in the league compared to our home crowds. It's it's tremendous. I mean, Leeds Rhinos might get 15,000 at home. They don't take 5,000 away from home, do they? But, you know, ours is, is great. You know, you see the same faces every week. They turn up, they get behind the side. And it's... It's a way of life for some people, and we've said that before. It's it's what they do. They they, they want to be there and, and behind that side. Don't they come rain or shine? So uh, so no, I think it's very special that, and I'm just glad that the crowds are back now because I think I think we've all missed each other, haven't we? The, the games and that it's, it's good to be back. Yeah, I read somewhere we we take is it a third of our home fans away, which is which is fantastic, really. Um, yeah. And you know, hopefully, the bigger the home crowd, hopefully more will want to go away from home and. I suppose it's uh, something to think about and hopefully even with a bigger away spot will make even more noise. Richard was full of praise, obviously, with the, the two tries with uh, Williams and Tui's just scoring just after and before half-time. He talked about Joe Burgess and heaped praise on him on his on his try-saving tackle and he talked about Lee Mossop doing it for doing it for him. The players, you know, want him to send, send him off great. So, yeah, you know, he was quite happy with, with the performance uh, and uh, obviously started off a, a good week for him. Yeah, he certainly did. He certainly did. And uh, no, I was pleased for, for Richard Marshall. It was uh, a good result. It was nice to see him on the pitch at the end of the game, celebrating and uh, getting the adulation of the supporters as well, because we've said that before. He's not really had that, has he, at his time mm-hmm. at Solver, playing behind closed doors. So it's it's great now that, uh, that things are things are looking up. And um, I was looking at the fixtures the other day. We've, we've got quite a few home games left, haven't we? So uh, we can build a bit of momentum now. I mean, we've still got some tough fixtures to play, but there's some very winnable ones there now coming up. We've got, I think, play Catalans and Hull at home soon, don't we? I mean, they're going to be tough, but the, the games that we can target and we can we can win, we've got league coming up as well. We've got the Magic Weekend to look forward to. That's going to be a, be a really good day out as well in, in Newcastle. So, uh, so, yeah, some exciting times coming up in the next few weeks. Yeah, and I suppose it's it, when you talk about momentum, being at home is an advantage, isn't it? If you can string a few home games together and, and, yeah. and win them, 
and then nick the odd one away, that's how you get in your playoff positions. And that's how we've, we've managed to do it in the past when we have managed to get in the playoffs. So it uh, might be a blueprint for, for Summit uh, to come. Looking at the uh, the stats, Paul, uh, top tacklers, Sam Luckley, 29, Andy Ackers, 43, Danny Addy, 28, Josh Johnson, 36, and Harvey Livet, 33. Josh Johnson, impressive, 36 tackles, works his sort of uh, blood to water uh, for me, uh, plays well above his weight. And I thought it was impressive on uh, Friday. I thought you were going to say something else then when he said works his what's it off. No, I thought he was great, Josh Johnson. Um, so I talked to my dad about that the other day because he more or less came in for Lee Mossop, didn't mm. he? He took his position at prop forward and it's a big boots to fill that. And uh, I thought he really, really run hard. And he's, he's not the biggest player in the world, but um, he's one of those. He's all action. He, he works works his socks off, tackled really, really well and ran the ball and did everything that asked of him, played big minutes as well. Sam Luckley, I thought, came of age against Suddersfield. He impresses me every time I see him now. We've just got to be a bit smarter with Sam because he can offload the ball. He really can. So, I mean, we've got to get players there to support him. Andy Acker's got to follow him because he'll get a pass out to you, Sam Luckley. And mm. His defence is improving as well. His contact's good. He's got fitter as the season's gone. I'm not saying he was unfit at the start of the season, but it takes time. He's come up from sort of two divisions below. So that Super League fitness and and, and, and that power of, the, of taking the hits off the bigger players, I think, took a bit of time for him. But if he can keep progressing with Salford this time next year, he could be could be one of the best forwards in the league. There's no doubt about that. We've seen lads come up from you know, the, the championship before. You look at like, some Alex Warms and people like that. And if you per- persevere with him and go the right way with him, you can make a really, really top forward. So I think he's got the potential. Jack Armand as well, I think is another guy who's, who's probably one of our best forwards now. You know, he was tremendous again at the weekend. He's running the ball in full pelt. He's working really hard. He's he's doing he's another one doing big minutes. Um I thought James Greenwood, another another player, he's been unlucky and, and struggled with injuries, but he he come back in and done really well. The two lone lads, as I said before, did well. Andy Ackers got out of the match, I think, Andy Ackers, didn't he? And uh, I thought Jack Armour was my man of the match, to be honest. But I think there's a toss up, there's a few lads you could have given it to. I think it was a a really sort of top performance from the forwards. Yeah, Andy Ackers plays a full 80 as well. Uh, 43 yeah. tackles, works hard. And I think as well, when you think about it, if he's making 43 tackles and able to, to kick the ball to Armand Wright to score, shows he's he's Ooh. got plenty of juice in his tank to create as well as absorb. Yeah, that's it. He's always a fit lad, there's no doubt about that. Anybody who can play 80 minutes of Super League these days, you've got to be fit, haven't you? And mm. uh, Especially when you're doing that amount of tackling and, and running as well. So, uh, And he's a clever player. That was a measured kick, that, for Jack Armour. It was absolutely spot on, measured for him as well. He's a big lad, Jack Armour. He's got six foot five, something like that. And he reached out there and, and, and took that chance really, really well. So, uh, so yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was great to see that. Yeah, looking at the, the meter makers, uh, Chris Nanu, 102, Joel Burgess, 107, Danny Addy, 77, Josh Johnson, 88, Harvey Levette, 95, and Reese Williams, 190. But I suppose 90 of that was uh, was his first try. Well, um, yeah, yeah. But no, I thought Reese Williams was very, very steady. and He showed a lot of pace to score that try. I mean, when he got that ball there, I think it was Will Price who was chasing him. Yeah. And he's very, very quick, very quick. But he seemed to find an extra gear. It looked like he was catching up to him, Will Price. And, and William just seemed to put his foot down and just glide away from him. And he's, he's very, very quick. 
Uh, that price for Huddersfield, though, is a prospect. Good player. He looks a special player. Yeah, I enjoyed seeing. He's he's not the finished article yet, but you can see he's going to be something. I mean, and some of the stuff he tried on Friday night against us didn't quite come off for him, but he's going to get better and better as, as things go on. And that's great to see. It's good to see homegrown players coming through at, at all the clubs. I mean, uh, that's what we've got to be, haven't we? If we're ever going to beat Australia, we need to produce players, and it's good to, to see that, that clubs are doing yeah, big thanks for your three-word match reports from Man of the Matches. Uh, Phil Dunning, come on you Reds, arm and ride. Colin Reynolds, that's for Moose, luckily. Colin Wilson, great gutsy win, arm and ride. Carol, Carol Renshaw, get in, luckily. Your mate Roy Ellaby, better second half, luckily. Paul, heart racing performance, CNR, thank you Moose, Inu. Gary Williams, defence stood up, Inu. John Waite, defence and patience, Johnson, I think... He's got a point there, John, that we were patient going, obviously, 8-0 down. Could have panicked, uh, but we just found our way back in. Uh, and that's a, that's a good uh, skill to have. Yeah, sometimes you've not got to panic, have you? I mean, I'd have been panicking if they'd have scored there um, mm. before we got that interception. And like I said, it'd have been 14-0. So you, you, sometimes you take your chances, don't you? I mean... Yeah, Watson said that, didn't he? If they scored there, it's game over. And you're right, but sometimes in matches that doesn't happen, you get that bit of luck, don't you? And you have to ride it and, and, and go with it. So you've got to stay in the arm wrestle, as they say, and, 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 and take your chances. And I thought we did take our chances when they came. You know, that interception, the try for two, the kick through. I wouldn't say we created loads of chances, but we were steady. But we were steady. We hung in there. We didn't collapse. We conceded one try. In 80 minutes, which is which is really good. I thought the week before we played Wigan, yeah, our attack wasn't so good. We didn't create a lot of chances, but we defended well. Mm. So that defence now is starting to be a bit more consistent. I think we've seen a bit more consistent play for the defence. Looks a lot solid, a lot tighter now. Um, I think Kristen Inu coming back into the side as well shows things up. I've said that before about Chris, and I think he's a he's a really good talk. He's a really good presence on the field. He's a dead calming influence. I think he's a how did I describe him the other day? I was talking to my kids about the players and just asking me how they got how they gone. And I was saying, Kristen Inu, he's a bit like, you might laugh at me, he's a bit like um, Aladdin. He's like the genie in the lamp. He just comes out, he's like a big puff of smoke and he, he's there and you know he does that little bit of magic and and then sort of goes away again. But he's, he's present, he's always there, he's always calming, the calming influence on the team. And I think you need that. I think he's a big, big player for us and... Uh, no, it's good to see him back inside. I don't know whether he's 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 under contract for next season, but um, I think I'd like to see him stay because I think his goal kicking's is good as well, isn't it? And um, just a good player to have around, I think. Uh, Chris Sloan, great second half. Williams, Duncan O'Duncan, great team effort. Stuart Shields, workman like Sam Luckley, Mac Michael Redfern, well earned victory. Richard Marshall, Trev, stuck at it. Inu. Les Canine defense defended the line in who Mike Woodbridge South Stand bouncing Ackers Nicholas Fletcher don't kick it yes that was uh, when he when he said shouting at uh, Andy Ackers Richard Martin score please Watto Armand Royd OSF ground out win Levette Malcolm Blee defense outstanding tonight Chris Whitaker unlucky Mr Watson Natalie Taylor Smells like team spirit. That's four. Natalie, sorry. Uh, man of the match was Armand Royd. David Snape, great defence. Man of the match, Armand Royd. Tom Frame, absolutely loved it. Inu. Uh, 
uh, Matt Carr Ackers, great defence boys. And finally, Andrew Gutsy, professional and pride. And uh, his man of the match was Williams. So, yeah, fans happy, smiles back on faces. You know, happy days and we'll roll on to next week. Yeah, 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 we're all on to next week. As I said, it, it, it can all change in a week, can't it? Things can happen, but no, we've got to be positive. We've got to be positive going to, to Lee. I mean, um, we've got some players coming back, hopefully, this week, haven't we? COVID protocols and things like that. Richard Marshall, hopefully, will have probably one of the strongest squads he's had to pick from for, mm. for quite a while, if not all season. So I know that's going to give him headaches, but I think I'd rather have a headache of too many players to pick from than, than not enough. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think what we've not got to be this week is complacent. Uh, you know, Lee have lost 16 games out of 16, but as I've been writing the preview tonight, the, some of the home games, they've been pretty good. They were unlucky not to beat Ulkayar. They mm. should have beat Catalan. Uh, they played Wigan at home twice and they've been unlucky in both of them and could have won both those games. So they've not been far short. They've tended, to, and I don't know why, but they've tended to fade away sort of in the last 15, 20 minutes of a lot of matches and I, and I don't know why that is. I've not watched watched league this season much, but uh, they've still got some clever players. They can score points. They, they've proved that. Um, and as I said, that Hulk AI game, they ran them really close and Hulk AI are a real informed side. I, I watched their game at weekend on catch-up against Wigan and I thought they were excellent. So, uh, so yeah, they've got players to, to do the damage. We've just got to make sure we do our things right and then I think if we we get our, our game right, we won't need to worry about them. Yeah, so uh, that's our look back at the uh, Huddersfield win and we'll look at all the big news uh, coming out of the club this week. So we'll start, Paul, with uh, tickets for the Catalan Dragons on Thursday, 26th of August, available at the club. Um, if obviously you're not a season ticket holder, get down there, extra tickets means extra revenue for the for the club and obviously if you want to invite friends and stuff ideal opportunity to do that yeah and, and it should be a good game as well Catalan Dragons currently lead leaders aren't they doing really well this season you know I, I put some money on them a bit back for the to win the grand final I think we've got them at 10 to 10 to 2 or something like that so uh, I fancy them to to get to Old Trafford I think they're, they're playing pretty well aren't they this week's game's been postponed against Warrington hasn't we we've, we've I think some of the coaching staff tested positive, so they'll have missed a game out there. So will that give them a bit of a break? I'm not too sure, but they've played some good stuff this season. It's good to see they've got some uh, some good French players in the side as well, some good young French players. They're always an exciting team to watch as well. So that should be a good game, good Thursday night game. That's to get yourself down. Uh, yeah, two will all here. Andy Ackers uh, selected in team of the week. Uh, Paul Good, obviously two good players for us, and it's great that we have representation in that kind of thing. Uh, puts mm, our profile yeah. up there. Yeah, of course, I'd have had Jack Ormond in there as well. I thought he was great. But yeah, two with Ole played really well. That try he scored there. Um, he seemed to have a bit of a swagger about him on uh, on Friday night. Didn't he? like he had a bit of a point to prove whether he's feeling a bit dis- been disappointed in his performances recently. I'm not too sure. But he seemed to take his advantage and take his try with, with both hands there. Didn't it? it was a good finish that. And uh, no, played well throughout the game. He was he was elusive. He was dangerous. And uh, Andy Ackers, we mentioned before, he played big minutes again, attacking defence really really good. So he he's improving as well, isn't he, Andy Ackers? He's still a relatively young young player and still got bits to learn and uh, and get better. But he's, he's a quality hooker. And uh, you know if he keeps progressing and, and going that way, we, we've got a top player there, Andy. Yeah, uh, our under 16s uh, won six games on on the spin uh, against uh, the Giant, the Huddersfield Giants, and the Bradford Bulls under 16s. Great that obviously our our youth development 
you know, people are seeing signs of it. Um, obviously, under 16s, they're still kids, but they've got a good promise. They're still kids, but you've got to start somewhere, haven't you? Mm. Um, I know the powers that be in rugby league didn't want us to have that sort of academy for one reason or another, you know, and there was a big discussion about that, wasn't there? But I think it's right that, that Salford do, do something um, with the scholarship and, and things like that. And it's just showing our willing that, that, that we're willing to, to, to give youngsters a chance and, uh, and help them play rugby league in the city. And, and that's great to see. And it's great to the winning games as well and gaining experience. So, like I said, they, they're a long way from being the finished article and playing you know, top flight rugby league. But, um, you know, the 16s are doing really well and, and keeping that sort of pathway there. So hopefully in, in 12 months, 18 months time, we can start developing and getting an under 18s in, getting a reserve team in and an academy as well. So you've got to have something. You've got to have something to start from. You can't build a house from the top. You've got to build it from the bottom. Yep, and got, I'll give him a quick name check while we got while we got him. Uh, Adam Taney, uh, Benjamin Wilkinson, Callum Doyle, Charlie Royal, Elliot Dugan, Harrison Griffin, Harry Blinth, Jack Lees, Jake Fallon, James Bradshaw, Joshua Hart, Lyndon Taylor, Marcus Evans, Ned Fenton-Brown, Niall Taylor, Noah Farr, Oliver Burgess, Temi Eboda, Thomas Thompson and Tom Fallon. They're in the black team. Uh, Paul, uh, so you know, make a note of them names because there could be a, a star amongst them. Yeah, I've noticed the names these days. There's never any Pauls anymore, is there? Mm. No one ever calls the kid Paul anymore, are they? <laughs> As a shout out to our listeners, that Paul wants uh, wants name checking. <laughs> it's an old fashioned name, no, no, no. You're right. They're good to name check all the lads there, and and, and good to see them doing some good work. They're enjoying the rugby league as well, aren't they? And uh, you know, getting out there and, and representing the club, representing the city as well. So, uh, and I'm all for that. I love my amateur stuff and uh, my grassroots rugby league. So, uh, so fair play to them and well done. Yeah, red team, Alex McVeigh, uh, Brogan Turner, Callum Palmer, Kreft, Francis Roberts, Charlie Glover, Ellis Kelly, Amor Jones, Finn Winterbottom, George Chanuk, Henry Moran, Isaac Reed, Jack Craig, Joe Mountcastle, Josh Pemberton, Luke, is it Milarkey, Jack, uh, Max Jones, Mikey Gilligan, Roman Shrinks, Taylor Hartley and Tom Hussey. So there could be a could be a star amongst them. Just I just thought I'd read, read them all out. So we've uh, we've got them on tape. <laughs> so uh, when they do come through in about five years' time, we we we, we gave them a name check. I thought you did very well there with their did. names as well, Rob. You absolutely yeah. nailed that. Then tremendous work, tremendous work. Yeah, no, it's good to, good to see them as I said. And uh, yeah, let's hope in sort of five years' time we've got that. You know. Look at the, I mean, look at Nia Levels playing the other week in the in the Challenge Cup final, winning the Lance Todd Trophy. I mean, I know he's playing for Castleford now, but I still look at him and think, God, that that's that's Nyla was at Salford. You know, I used to see his dad a lot and speak to his dad in the crowd, and a you know, lovely family, lovely guy, and how good, what a good feeling that makes you think. Thinking, yeah, he came through our system. All right, he's, it would have been great if he was playing for Salford in the Challenge Cup final, but that's sort of the next best thing for me. So um, let's hope we can see a few more. We had Max Need a few years ago winning it as well. We had Theo Farge playing really well at the top of his game. So we produced some some super players, haven't we, over the over the years at Salford. And uh, let's hope that we can uh, we can do that again because I think there's nothing better than as a supporter seeing a, a kid that's come through your academy doing really well at, at top flight and thinking, blimey, he's, he's come through our system. He's part of our sort of fabric of our club. And, um, you know, I think, it, I think it means a lot more. I think it means a lot more to the player as well. So, uh, so yeah, great to see. Yeah. Uh, Matt Costello banned for one game. So we'll miss the, the league game. 
competition for places, uh, opportunity for someone who is it in the team to get in. Yeah, what did he get banned for? Um, is it high tackle or dangerous contact or something? No, I didn't see it. I'd had to do my ass and Wenger, I didn't see it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It. Sometimes you miss stuff, don't you? If it was early doors in the game, I might, I might have missed that. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, rival round this week, Paul. Biggest derby in rugby league. What do you think? Who's the biggest derby in rugby league? Um, it's all for against Swinton. Obviously. Second Salford biggest derby. Um, <laughs> I think it depends where you're from. Everyone will say whatever town they're from, the, the team that's nearest to them. What if it's you're a Wigan and Saints, it's, it's Wigan Saints. And if you live in that neck of the woods, I think Warrington Witness is a big one. They all say Hull and Ulcar. No one outside of Hull and Ulcar gives a toss about Hull and Ulcar. <laughs> so, you suppose it's where you are, doesn't it? I think Hull and Ulcar is a, is a passionate derby, isn't it? You've got Bradford and Leeds. I think. Barrow and work. Look at some of them up in Cumbria. I think there's some tremendous games up there. So uh, I don't think there's a biggest. I think it just depends where you live. Yeah, I've I've been I've been at Wigan and Saints, and I I, I didn't see what all the big fuss was about. It wasn't really you know the atmosphere wasn't there. It wasn't like an intense atmosphere for me. Um, I'd always fan, I always fancy going to Hull and Hull KR, but it's like three hours away, so it's it's not. I don't fancy it that much. Um, Warrington and Widness is the one for me. Been to Warrington mm. Widness at Widness, and that was a that was a proper ding dong uh, game on on and off the field. So yeah, I'd, I'd have to put that as a, as one of the biggest in in the sport. Um, Leeds and Bradford's always quite a, a a big Yorkshire thing as well, but obviously Bradford not being in the Super League, mm. Kybosh is that, and Wakefield and Cass, another yeah. sort of a Yorkshire hole down there. So yeah, we have we have you know array of them really. Us and Lee. You know, you know, Swinton is our traditional derby, but I think you know the game against games against Lee are always uh, passionate affairs, and uh, you know always have have moments in them that make you remember. And it's I think it's great, obviously Lee back in the Super League now, give us that derby, that derby game to get excited about. Yeah, we've had some good clashes with Lee. Haven't we? If you go back to the two thousand and three season, we had seven games against them that season, didn't we? Six wins and a draw, so that was uh, was a decent season. Um, yeah, like you said there about some of those those Witness and, and Warrington's a big derby, isn't it? And I can remember um, years ago when we first got Sky Sports at our house and um, Leeds played Bradford. I think it was a Sunday tea time game at Odsall. Yeah. I remember sitting there watching with my dad and I think there was about 26,000 there, Sunday tea time game. And it was oh, it was fantastic. When Barry McDermott was playing and, and people like that. So that, that derby was huge, wasn't it? Crowds used to mm. get there at Oddsall, so uh, so yeah, tremendous. I mean, I've always enjoyed watching Wigan and Saints. You know, Good Friday when they <clears throat> they used to play, and uh, I don't I don't know. Saints Saints are strange to me. I mean, I don't know what's going on there. I, mean, I, I saw their crowd last week. They played Cass. They got like seven thousand in against Cass. When I thought you've been to Wembley, so I don't know what's going on there with them. So uh, whether they'll get, I presume they'll get a big gate this weekend against. Uh, Against Wigan, I think it's at the uh, the DW that one. So I'm, I presume there'll be a big crowd for that. But uh, yeah, the whole the whole derby is, is is a big one, isn't it? Yeah, that really is a big one. I think one we've missed off Batley against Dewsbury, the heavy woolen derby. That's yeah. a, that's the big one up that neck of the woods. If you're up there, I'm trying to wrap my brains for a couple of others. Sheffield and Doncaster. That yeah, that's a big one. They play for the Law Cup there, don't they? Uh, between though, that is that is a bit. I mean, I lived in I lived in Rochdale for a long time, and um, yeah, there's there's quite a rivalry with Oldham whether it be football, rugby league, 
Um, I used to play a bit of pool back in the day in, uh, in the Rochdale Snooker League, and that lads used to come over from Oldham, and they used to be, <laughs> you used to get a bit of beef from people from Oldham, and they they come to nights out in Rochdale, and I used to go drinking up there, and um, yeah, they let you know they're from Oldham anyway. It's a totally different place, and I sort of living on the outskirts of Oldham now, where I'm living. So, uh, so yeah, they, they, there's there's derbies everywhere, and but yeah, the Salford and Lee ones. Um, I think Salford's had a bit of a rival with Warrington, haven't we over there? Yeah last few years as well that's been one that's, that, that's blossomed a bit so uh, yeah I think you can't beat a good uh, a good sort of derby game rivalry game can you local sort of game I think it's uh, yeah it's magic especially Easter time as well when they have the good Friday and Easter Monday games yeah gets the atmosphere going and everyone's you know up for yeah. it and yeah that's what rugby league is obviously you talk about family sport but you need that edge don't you I think that sort of derby derby days do that yeah well that that's that edge what I was talking about that we got that edge, didn't we, on Friday night with with the old Watson thing and all that, and uh, it's, it's great that I think in rugby. I know I think Matt Newsom was asking the question in the press conference. He said, "Oh, what did you think about your the reception you got?" And I, I know what all sort of said. I'm not bothered, and um, which was quite quite funny the way he said it. But yeah, I'm not bothered. But I didn't think he really got a reception. I thought it's all for supporters. I don't think there's any malice with Solver support. It's like when players come back. That have left, uh, I think they always get a decent reception, don't they? And mm. some of them might argue with you and say, No, they don't. They, they, they have a go at us, don't they? There's certain players that come back and, and do get a bit of bagging off. But I, I didn't think Ian Watson got bagged off on Friday night, really, apart from at the end when they were selling what the score was. But I think that's a bit of friendly sort of banter, but it does add to it. I think stuff like that makes sport what it is, doesn't it? Those rivalries and those uh, that bit of edge and that it adds to the excitement of the occasion. Yep, other news, uh, we've signed Amy Burrow, 20-year-old on a two-year contract from Wigan. You know, he looks good, Paul. He could be he could be uh, someone for the future there. Yeah, yeah, well, definitely we've got Andy Ackers there, haven't we? Don't forget we've got Conor Aspie as well, so mm. got another youngster there to uh, to, to come in and, uh, and challenge as well. That's what it's all about. We want young players in the side, don't we? Challenging and, and putting pressure on because we've not... We're not sort of stacked in the hooking department, are we? I mean, I know we've got Chris Atkin who can play there. I much prefer Chris at, at halfback. So, uh, so yeah, another player coming into the squad, a young, hungry player as well. That's that's good to see. I don't know a lot, I'll be honest, I don't know a lot about this this young lad, but uh, I've heard some good things about him and uh, he's come through the, the systems there at Wigan and played for them. He, he's bound to have a lot of good habits and, and be a good player. Yeah, been on load at Halifax and, and earned his uh, his spurs there. Played a couple of times for Wigan, and yeah, he looks like he looks like he could be a player, Paul. So you, we'll see what. Obviously, I spoke to Rich Marshall. You'll be able to listen to that on the other podcast, and he was uh, he was proper chipper. He was looking forward to to you know working with him and seeing what he can uh, can do with him. Uh, other news, uh, Paul. Magic Weekend shirt has come out grey. It's got the map of Salford on it. Looks a bit. It looks cool. Let's be fair. It looks very, very cool for a for a, for a Magic Weekend shirt. I thought it looked a bit like a Toronto shirt when I when I saw it before. And someone said, "Oh, it's in black and white." I thought, "Oh, is the picture in black and white? Or <laughs> should it be colour or what?" But no, it, it looks good. It, it's um, I think that the map of Salford is um, is good. It's a good concept, mm-hmm. um, and that's what ma- Magic shirts are all about, aren't they? Um, you know, something different, aren't they? So so yeah, I'm sure it'll 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 sell a few, and I've seen that T-shirt as well. It's got all the supporters' names yeah. on and things like that. It looks really smart, that, and that's. I mean, I don't want to steal your thunder regarding the 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 kit people, but uh, but no, it looks good. Yeah, V VX3, they're called two-year deal uh, to be our kit supplier, and 
yeah, if we go if we go off the the the, the first two shirts, Paul, that you know they're in, they're in they're going off like a like a like a gun. Yeah. Two great shirts in uh, in two goals. Well, uh, no, no, I think they look good. I think the the t shirt looks great, and uh, I believe it's a good sponsorship we've got with this this company as well, isn't it? It's a good mm. deal that the club's got, and uh, no, that that that's really good. I'm excited now. I mean, you get excited every year when a, a new shirt comes out, don't you? And, Looking forward to seeing what they, what they have in store for us now, so it should be good. And I think a good touch as well on the other shirt is they've got the names of all the season ticket holders on it. Yeah, which is yeah. fantastic. I think it's a lead person, not every season ticket holder. If you have a group of season ticket holders, but I think it's great. Obviously, doing things like that gives you that connection it from from club to to supporter. So I think that's a that's a really good uh, idea. That. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. That it really is. I'm gonna I'm gonna look out for that and see if I can see my name on it. So uh, I don't know that it'd be mine or my dad's. I can't remember who got who, whose name I put them in now. But uh, but no, I think it's a really good idea. I think it it rewards people, doesn't it? Not that I'm saying seeing to get older the be all and end all. Obviously, not everybody can afford one, but uh, but no, it, it's good to re- reward people on that, and it's it gives a good feel to the to the club, doesn't it? So uh, so no, it's great. If your name's not six inches high. On the back of that shirt, Paul, there will be questions asked. It has to be said, but I think also pretty good the fact that they're talking about women's sizes and kids' sizes, you know, for future mm. gear. So, which is good because obviously, me, my wife always talks about you know not having women's size and it's a potential market which the club could tap into. So, you're hoping that you know they can they can exploit that uh, and generate a bit more juice for for the club. Well, yeah, I mean. It's not sort of 1980-odd anymore. I mean, when we first started going watching rugby league, you could count on one hand the amount of women that used to go yeah. to the match. It was just dads and lads and groups of blokes, and that was when I started going anyway. Um, but now it's not. There's a, there's an awful lot of women that go. And, um, you know, yeah, you've got to cater for them. You look at how many ladies and, and women watch Salford. Um I say ladies and women, the same thing, <laughs> but uh, just trying to be politically correct. But you know what I mean, don't you? And I think there's, there's lots, isn't there? You, you see the picture Steve texts every week. There's there's loads of um, females that go watching the, the sport. So why not cater for them? They've got as much as bright as us. So, uh, so yeah, I think get the sizes right and they've more chance of buying one because it must be difficult if you, you don't, you know, men's, I'm not an expert on clothes and that, but I wouldn't know. Say I went to somewhere now, not that I'm a, cross dress or anything but say I went somewhere now to buy something in a lady's size for me or my wife or whatever I wouldn't know what to look at whereas a bloke it's large extra large or medium in it or whatever but with a lady it's all different numbers and things like that so I wouldn't know where to start you've, you've dug me in a bit of an old <laughs> I don't know where I'm, I'm thinking going, you're about a 14 <laughs> would you say so right, right okay. well yeah I understand where you're coming from Paul, obviously, you know, the club have a, have a market they need to exploit and hopefully they'll be able to bring some sort of good gear to the to the table and everyone will purchase it. And uh, obviously it helps as well because obviously you'll be you'll be going to the pub in it, you're going to the club in it, you're going to, you know, your, your mate's house in it. You're kind of like a bit of a walking billboard, aren't you? People notice it and yeah. then that conversation starts, oh, so for the plane, oh yeah, and then you, you can reel them in. That's, the, that's basically yeah. the plan. So, yeah, looking forward to see what uh, VX3 can supply for us to wear um, we've got supporters trust news as well Paul you got your bit of supporters trust news there yep yep sorry mate I'll just get it back up on my phone because I was just reading about it before I, I did know well, about this but um... I'll go first then while you sort yourself yeah, out you go first, mate. Yeah, I'm ready <laughs> the, they're having a Q&A on the 1st September at Wharton Legion 
And we've got Lee Mossop, Kevin Brown and Connor Aspie down for Q&A. It's free entrance down there. COVID permitting, the three players can 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 turn up. And I think it's great. We, we've been to a couple, haven't we, Paul? And it's great that the players can come down and fans can ask questions. And it's a, it's a nice evening. Yeah, it is. And we've not been able to do stuff like that for a while, have we, with, uh, with regulations and things like that. And people not been able to meet up. And I know Sports Trust have been doing bits and bobs over, over Skype and things like that, and Zoom meetings, whatever they call them. So, no, it's nice for people to get together, isn't it? And uh, I think the dues that we've been to with Sports Trust, we've enjoyed them, haven't we? Those, yep. you know, those question and answer things. Remember the one with, with Jackson? We went to one yeah, with Nations, and that was a good one. And we've had Mark Lee there a couple of times, haven't we? And uh, some Joey of the other old players as well. Joey yeah. Jackson Hastings, yes. Rob yeah. Louie and Jackson Hastings. Yeah, that was another good one. Yeah, yeah. Martin Gleeson was on one of them, wasn't yeah. it, with uh, with Ian Watson and that a couple of seasons ago. Yeah, yeah. So, no, they're always good. Paul King always seems to come along, doesn't he? And, uh, and, and have a chat. I spoke to Paul King after the game on Friday. I mean, can't speak, can't speak highly. I just went and see Shirley, actually. I, I won something in an auction. Did in, you? Um, what did you win? By accident. How did you win an auction by accident? <laughs> picture of Carl Harrison and a baseball hat signed. I put a bid in because I just wanted other people to bid and then I ended up being the only person who bid for it. So uh, it's a nice bit of memorabilia. Yeah. It's, it's from 2003 with a, with a, tr- a Reaver yeah. Trains Cup and the trophies and what have you. But I just went to see Shirley. I ended up having a chat with Paul and um, top guy. He's a, he's a really nice guy and you just get a chat and you wouldn't think he was like, Sort of chairman of the club, he just come talking to you and ask you how you're doing, and you just have a good old chinwag, don't you, about rugby and that. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, cool. But yeah, I've got another another picture to hang up somewhere now in my house. Actually, you had visions of you like you know pointing to stuff and not realizing you were in the in the auction. That'd have been better. Yeah, nodding. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, yeah, great. Obviously, supporters trust doing fantastic things with auctions, shirts, memorabilia, helping generate funds. Um, is it for is it for the for the under is it the under sixteens, Paul? Is that what they're, they're doing it for? And Liam Osop, is it? Yeah, yep, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's the the way things have been going at the moment. I've got some news for you as well. Do okay, to read out this bit I've got about the uh, yeah. There's another thing coming up as well. This sounds really good. This I know you said you were getting tickets. Oh, yeah. The Salford Red Devils Sports Trust and Salford Red Devils Future Pathway and Lee Mossop's testimonial mm. to present Motown and Soul Night Motown. back again. Previous success in February 2020. So it was before the lockdown. They had this night sponsored by and held at the Blue Bell which is in, uh, in Monton, 41 Monton Road, Manchester. Monton, M389LL. It's Saturday the 18th of September 2021. It's a 7pm start. Entrances by ticket only. It's £15. Foods included, raffles, games and a DJ. For further information and ticket sales, contact Salford RL, Salford RLFC Supporters Trust Secretary at gmail.com. Or you can contact, God, it's writing small, steve.bradshaw75 at gmail.com. Or you can contact shirleybradshaw49 at gmail.com. Or bluebell at w, sorry, at bluebell at jwlees.co.uk. There's some phone numbers on here as well, but I'll tell you what I'll do because the writing's that small. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just put them under what's it. The, uh, you're not, you're not passing your eye test, are you, at Specsavers? Let's get just this right. Contact, just, just, yeah, just, just contact the supporters. Just get yeah. if you want tickets. Or Shirley, or Steve Bradshaw. I'm pretty sure someone will sort you out the phone number. But it's a nice pub, that, the Blue Bell. It I've is. been there a couple of times. It's nice foods. JW Lees as well. Brewery. Yep. Less than half a mile from my house. Good beer. So, um, so yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that. I fancy going to that myself. 
yeah, I think I'm going to be going down. I think me and the wife want to go. Love a bit of old town, so yeah, yeah, we, so uh, yeah. Be getting out the old uh, crocodile shoes and having a bop if we if we can. Obviously, at the time. Yeah, sounds good to me. So that's all the big news of the week, and now what we'll do? Look at what's happening in the amateur scene with Paul Whiteside's amateur report. Right, well, here is this week's Devil in the Detail Amateur Report and also the Life Outside Super League as well. We'll get to that afterwards. We'll start off with the amateur stuff this week. We've got some results from Saturday just gone. League C of the National Conference League. Clockface Miners 36, Waterhead Warriors 6. Rochdale Mayfield had a good win. They won away from home at Oldham St. Anne's by 48 points to 28. Saddleworth Rangers, though, were beaten 32 points to 18 at home to Crossfields. The fixtures for this Saturday, 21st of August in League C. Crossfields play Oldham St. Anne's. Wollstone Rovers are at home to Waterhead Warriors and there's one fixture in the cross league that is between Rochdale Mayfield of League C who are playing Pilkington Rex B of uh, League B well, moving on to the North West Men's League it's not as many results and fixtures as we'd like to report about again quite a lot of no results but I'll give you the results and fixtures that we do have Division 1 Saturday the 14th of August Latchford Albion 60 Bury Bronco 6 in Division 2 Pilkington Rex A 26 West Orton Lions 27 what a fantastic game that sound in Division 4 Langwith Reds 14 Higginshaw 50 and Division 5 South and East it was Bolton Mets 18 Ashton Bears A44 and Salford City Roosters versus Intros Bridge was Pulse Ball. The other fixture was Waterhead Warriors A28, Runcorn 26. The fixtures for Saturday, the 21st of August, Division 1, Haydock play Berry Broncos. Division 2, Bold Miners against Caddy's Head Rhinos. Hindpool Tigers play Folly Lane. West Hot and Lions are at home to Lee Minor Rangers A. In Division 3, Salford City Roosters entertain Wigan Bulldogs. Division 4, Blackpool Scorpions play Higginshaw. Goldburn Parkside play Langwithy Reds. Uh, Division 5 North and West, it's Higginshaw A against Garswood Stags A. Division 5 South and East, it's Runcorn against Salford City Roosters A. And Bolton Mets play Intros Bridge A. And finally, Waterhead Warriors A play the Burton Wood Chargers. Well, now to life outside Super League. It was another big week in the Championship and League One. It was Betfred Championship Round 17 at the weekend just gone. Here are the results. Dewsbury Rams beat Widnes 23 points to 22. Featherstone Rovers, they keep going. They beat York City Knights 44-14. Newcastle Thunder 12, Bradford Bulls 36. Sheffield Eagles 25, Oldham 18. Swinton Lions 6, Batley Bulldogs 38. And Whitehaven Warriors continue their good form. They beat London Broncos by 32 points to 18. There was a cancellation game that was between Toulouse Olympic and Halifax Panthers I can only think that's due to the, the Covid situation in Betfred League 1 round 14 Hunslet 38 London Scholars 10 Keith Lacougars 46 Coventry Bears 18 North Wales Crusaders they continue their rise up the table they're now third in the table behind Barrow they beat Barrow Raiders by 38 points to 10 so Barrow Raiders hitting a bit of a rough form at the moment Workington Town they won away from home against West Wales Raiders by 22 points to 36 West Wales bottom of the table just one draw the other week so that was a cracking result for well not a cracking result they didn't win but West Wales Raiders playing top of the table Workington have now gone top and to hold them to 36-22 is a really good effort Rochdale Hornets beat Doncaster 44 points to 8 so that leagues the table in Betford League 1 Workington are top with 9 wins from 11 matches Barrow uh Second with 10 wins from 13 matches. North Wales Crusaders have got 8 wins from 13. So it's uh, it's looking pretty good there. Workington and Barrow, that's going to be a cracking match when those uh, those two sides meet. But Workington against North Wales Crusaders is this week's match. We'll tell you about the fixtures shortly. But let's just go through the fixtures in the championship for this week. The matches are all going to be played on Sunday. 
It's Batley Bulldogs against Sheffield. These are all three o'clock. These Bradford Bulls play Swinton Lions. Featherstone are at home to Dewsbury Rams. Newcastle Thunder play London Broncos. Oldham against Toulouse Olympic. Widnes play Halifax. And York City Knights play Whitehaven. In Betfred League One, Coventry Bears play West Wales Raiders. Doncaster at home to Barrow. Rochdale Hornets against Hunslet. And as I said, Workington Town play North Wales Crusaders. It's a two o'clock kickoff. That's a cracking matching contest there between those two. North Wales Crusaders on a real good run of form at the moment. So uh, Workington Town as well. It's great to see. The Cumbrian side's doing well. Workington and Barrow fighting out the top of the league. Their game got postponed a couple of weeks ago, so you're expecting a big crowd when those two meet again. There is one other game that's going to be played on Saturday afternoon. That's a League One fixture, and that's between London Scholars and the Keith Cougars. So the Betfred Championship table at the moment, the top five in that division. Toulouse Olympic are top, Featherstone Rovers second, third is Halifax, Bradford fourth, Batley fifth, and London Broncos are sixth. They make up the playoff places. Oldham and Swinton are currently occupying the relegation places at the bottom of the league. They're, they're a bit of drift of Dewsbury Rams who are third bottom that's all I've got for you this week enjoy your rugby league I shall hopefully see you on Sunday for Salford's fixture against Lee Centurions at the Lee Sports Village so that was Paul Whiteside's amateur so now we're going to look forward to the, the league game on Sunday it's time on the double of the So, so for Red Devils travel to Lee, big derby contest. Paul, looking forward to it. It's going to be a, a good game. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like I was saying before, Lee have had some some good games, some good contests at home this season, haven't they? And uh, you know they've lost sixteen out of sixteen, but they're still tough to beat, aren't they? At home, and they're gonna, you know, the game at the AJ Bell this season. I know we ran away with it in the second half, didn't we? But Lee were pushed us in that first half. It was a bit of a dismal contest, wasn't it? The first half, but. Uh, they play some good rugby. They've got some some threats and some some decent players there. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. And we've never won at that stadium either in a competitive fixture. I think we lost five out of five there. So uh, we had a good record at, um, at Hilton Park, but since they've moved to Lee Sports Village, we've uh, we've struggled. So uh, looking forward to a good display. Yeah, Kurt Haggerty, the manager, after John Duffy was ejected earlier in the season, got a he's had a tough job on his hands really with with everything going on, um, with Lee not getting as much money as everyone else at the beginning, and you know limited time to get prepared. I suppose the sixteen defeats in a row kind of sort of highlights that, but they have been close in a lot of games, Paul, aren't they through the season, and you know it. It's a bit of a worry that you know because of our record, we haven't we haven't won there since two thousand and eight. So there is that kind of like thing in the back of your head where you're thinking, oh, it could be this could be the moment. But it's a good it's a good opportunity for us to get the monkey off our back, and a win against Lee gives us momentum, which is the important thing. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the, that momentum's the the big thing now that we need. It's going to be. Uh... It's going to be difficult, I think. It'd be a difficult sort of atmosphere there. They're going to be targeting all their own games now, aren't they? And the longer that they go on for, for a win, the more desperate they're going to become. And, you know, over the years, we've tended to be the fall guys in these sort of games <laughs> where sides been looking for a win and we've gone there and been turned over. So I think we've got to be professional. I don't think we can, we can overlook Lee at all because if you do, I think you'll get burnt against them. I don't think... I don't think they're as bad... 16 defeats I think there's been games where they've been a bit unlucky I, I don't know what it is like I said before I've seen a few of the games and they seem to have tired I've listened to a few of the games on the radio as well and they seem to have tired in the last sort of 15-20 minutes and 
and not been quite up to speed. So I, I don't know. I, I can't put my finger on it. Are they good enough for Super League? I think they're one or two players short. I think they are one or two players short. I think the squad's a bit thin with quality. And I think that's where, where they are struggling a bit. Uh, I think they've been a bit unlucky with injuries, particularly in the half-backs and what have you. But I still think they've got threats and I still think that it's going to be a difficult game. I don't see there being a lot of points in this one. I, I, I can see there being points, um, but not a lot in the, in the margins, you know, if you like. So I think if I was Richard Marshall, I'd just be focusing on this week, just being professional, going there and doing a professional job, keeping that watertight defence. If we can keep that defence, I, I think we can score points against Lee. I think defence will be the key for us. Yeah, stay in the arm wrestle, keep the keep the keep the grind on, and Lee will go first. That's basically what I think. Um, looking, I, I've got the stats on me, Paul. But you keep saying obviously Lee have, have dropped away in the last fifteen minutes of, of matches. We've actually got stronger in the last fifteen minutes. I think we've scored majority of our points in the last 10, 15 minutes this season, which is something. Mm. I've not got the stats on me, but I, I know that. <laughs> Which which is good. Lots of um, lots of other stats. They're top of the offloaders. Well, towards the top, hundred sixty nine offloads uh, this season. But they have they have missed 100, 607 tackles, which is obviously because they are bottom. It's, it's probably kind of to be kind of be expected. And lots of Salford ex Salford players: Adam Sidlow, Tyrone McCarthy, Matt G, Liam Hood, Junior Sow, Ian Thornley. So lots of uh, linked lots of links there for us. Yeah, yeah, there certainly is. There always is. There's been an awful lot of players, haven't there, that have crossed the divide between uh, Lee and, and Salford over the years, hasn't there? So uh, there's always that bit there. I mean, Junior Sauer as well, as you say, in, in, in the in the Lee side, there's, there's one or two others I can't, whose names escape me and what have you. But there's been a lot of players' movement over the last couple of years between the two clubs, hasn't there? So, uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to going to, to, to Lee. It's been a couple of seasons, hasn't it? The last time we played in there, the Cup game, I think it was in 2018. Yeah, yeah. They beat us, didn't they? I remember. Um, was that was that the game where we had to wait for what over about half an hour after the game? Yeah. And he come out of the change rooms, absolutely steaming. <laughs> and, uh, remember that? Yeah. <laughs> we didn't know what to say to him. But I think the time before that was the 25 nil game they beat us, didn't they? Before the cup yeah. semi final 2017. So we've had some miserable journeys there, really, haven't we? Over the uh, the last few years and lost in the playoffs, didn't we? Lost that. That cup tie as well there in 2015, I think. So, yeah, we've had some 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 poor performances there and um, not some tight games. But I think we just need to just need to be professional. I think you look at the way we played at Cass a few weeks ago. We went there and did a job on them. We had a good good result at Huddersfield, didn't we? In that nine eight game. So, so yeah, let's just go there and, and defend, stay in that arm wrestle, play our game. And and I think we should have, without being disrespectful to Lee, I think we'll have we'll, we'll have too much for them really, and we should be able to turn them over. Yeah, there's also some deals as well. Twenty um, second of August in the Centurion. Um, you can watch United at two o'clock, and then obviously make your way up to the the Lee Sports Village at four thirty, and uh, in the What's this one? The Centurion pub, free pasties from one pm in the Centurion pub before the uh, before the game, Paul. So if you're partial to a pasty, you can you can get down there. Where have you got this information from? Off uh, the Red Shark Group. Oh right, I was going to say I thought someone at Lee there has been tapping us up. <laughs> no, bit of, bit of advertising on the podcast. No, that's what it says. Free pasties Where's from one pm. Um, at the, the Centurion pub, pub before the match. Where's so that? If you fancy a pasty. With a pint, go there and uh, enjoy yourself. Where is it that Centurion pub? The Centurion one, I think, is just off the off the bus station. It's a long time since I've been to Lee, 
but I know it's around there. So, uh, yeah, get yourselves in there and uh, enjoy a good pasty and pint. Yeah, it's a good away trip, Lee. Like. I used to like going to Hilton Park, but uh, the Lee Sports Village is a, is, a, is a good stadium as well. I was thinking that today, was the Lee Sports Village done the year before we moved to the AJ Bell? Was it about 2011 they moved in there? I think it was, wasn't it? Something like that. One, they've, they've been moved roughly about the same time as us, haven't they? Right. To the to the, the new stadium, but it's a good facility. It's a really good stadium, isn't it? And uh, you know, it's fairly accessible as well, isn't it? Off the uh, off the dual carriageway there and what have you. So yeah, it should be should be a good trip. Looking forward to it. Is there any reason why it's kicking off at half past four? Do we know? Well, United kick off at two, don't they? So. Well, people will want to watch. You know, some South fans oh, uh, kind of want to make that decision. I watch Salford, or I go and watch United. But in this situation, Lee are the home team though. What's Lee? What's that going to be Lee? I suppose Lee have the same kind of problems as we do, that they think we'll get a bigger crowd if we play them after the United game. I suppose so. Mm-hmm. Maximising um, potential walks up, possibly. It was over my head, that football. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so what's your what's your score prediction for the, for the match against Lee? Um, well, we'll start down, with the so. weather. How's your, what's the weather going to be like? I don't know. I mean, look, is it going to rain? As long as it's bigger font than the, than the, uh, the supporters trust advertising, you'll be all right. Sunday, it's got eighty percent chance of rain, so Bring your big mm, it could be uh, could be a bit greasy the pitch, couldn't it? But I, th- I, I still think there'll be some points in this game, mate. Mm. I still think there's some points in this game. I'll I'll go. I can't remember what I wrote on the League Express, but I went for quite a tight game. I think I'm going to go. Let me write this down. We don't score loads, do we? No. Get down. Uh, we don't score loads, so I'm going to go... Dog's attacking me. Is it? <laughs> uh, get down. 20... Oh. Lee, 14. Salford, 24. 14, 24. Is there, any, is there a story behind that? Um, no. No, really. <laughs> You've got okay. me on the up there. I've not really thought of one this week. Okay. Yeah. Chris Dinu scored a couple of tries. Cool. Uh, I'm going to go uh, so f- uh, I'm going to go Lee t- t- oh, Lee 20 Salford 36 36 20 and I'm going to go uh, add um, Akers with two. Turn on my half. Going through. Sorry, I'm just getting attacked by my dog. I'm getting heckled here. He's driving on me. No, no, I fancy that yet. Whatever. Um, it's like Blue Peter, isn't it? Yes. Whatever they work with animals and kids. I know. <laughs> if we can get this result, I think i take anything, Robert. I just hope we get to, to carry on this momentum now against Lee and the good work that we did against Huddersfield. If we can keep that going and... We've got a Catalans coming up then on the Thursday at home, haven't we? We can tech, be going into that with six wins. I think we're not going to make that playoffs now, I don't think. I don't think mathematically we're going to be able to get to that now. I'm not sure. I've not really done the maths, but we've just got to keep looking at the table and finish as high as we can now, haven't we? And nobody knows how many games we're going to play with, you know, games being postponed and things like that. So we're up to like round 20 now, aren't we? But I think we've played about 16 games. So we've just got to keep winning. Let's just see how, how we can go. And I, I'm positive that we can have a really good end to the season. Yeah, another fantastic show, Paul. Uh, been great talking all things Salford. 
Cool. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it, Rob. It's been it's been good to chat, and I hope Park is uh, back next week and he's been having a, a nice break. He's probably had a more relaxing week than what we've had, hasn't he? But uh, <laughs> it looked good that. But uh, but yeah, be looking forward to the weekend and the and the game, mate, and talking about it all next week. Yeah, big thanks for tuning this week's uh, Devil in Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITDSRD, and you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact, Spotify, and YouTube. See you next week. Ha, 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 ha.